and welcome to Hot Air Diviners. I'm Lauren, a fire minister of astrology, and joined by Natasha. Hello. How are you today? I'm good, I think, so far. <laughs> <laughs> How was my intro? <laughs> it was fantastic. I almost fantastic. really stumbled there for a second. It's good. We're still improving, folks. We're going yes. to get used to this eventually. Yes. Today we are going to talk about different types of divination and the types of divination we use and how we use them. Um, so, yeah. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we're, we're covering just kind of like the concept in its broadest sense um we'll jump into I, I just pulled like a big definition from Miriam Webster before we started uh but I just want to put like a really quick disclaimer at the top of this episode that pretty much every culture in the world has a history of some kind of divination technique and there's no possible way we're going to talk about all of them <laughs> so just yeah. really want to quickly acknowledge that they exist um there's lots of different unique types of divination that are like unique to specific cultures. There's a lot that are also um, very similar or have been treated and modified back and forth between different cultures. Um, so yeah, they exist and we want you to know about them. But today we're mostly talking about stuff that we are familiar with and that's basically going to be like the really popular methods that come from just Western modern witchcraft. So that's kind of our our little disclaimer at the mm -hmm. top. Yeah. Yes. And divination is, I think, something that is um, kind of unique to everyone that practices it. I don't think there's exactly like one way to do whatever type of divination you're using. I don't think there's only, you know, one way or a right way necessarily um, to do that. It's more what what works for you. Yeah, and the for parameters sure. like that you work within. Yeah, as soon as someone invents a thing, you can count on there being another person who disagrees with the way they do that thing. So. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. For sure. Um, should I just jump into reading the definition really quick? Yes. All right. Okay. Cool. So, the definition. Ah, words. Sometimes talking is so hard challenging when you're trying to make a podcast mm -hmm. um <laughs> the, the definition i pulled from Merriam webster is definition as a noun is the art or practice that seeks to foresee or foretell future events or discover hidden knowledge usually by the interpretation of omens or by the aid of supernatural powers and the second definition is a much simpler one unusual insight or intuitive perception and so for you, Lauren, what do you think about that definition? Does that like describe what you consider to be divination exactly? Or do you have any like personal clarifications about the way you consider divination? I think it does. Yeah, I think it does kind of align with how I use divination um, for the most part. 
the aid of supernatural powers. Um, <laughs> that one, I don't, I don't know. I would like to believe there are supernatural powers, um, you know, at work within whatever type of divination that I'm doing. But it, it could also just be, like, I don't know, what do you like that? Your the higher self or the, you know, your own unconscious that you're um, working with as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely like for me, um, I'm definitely coming at the idea of divination from a different place, like a little bit more skeptical place personally. I just realized I said unconscious subconscious. (laughs) Well, I didn't even catch it. So maybe I'm unconscious. Um, (laughs) I wanted to clarify because somebody was probably like, you just moved on and somebody's probably going to be like, wait, what? It's, it's wild how sometimes words just fall out of your mouth and you don't realize that they're not at all the word that you were thinking of. Um, <sighs> but uh, Yeah, but anyways, uh, yeah, I come at divination from like a really skeptical place. So for me, when I see this, the art or practice that seeks to foresee or foretell future events or discover hidden knowledge, I think the discover hidden knowledge is is really closer to where I fall and more specifically... I think of it as discovering hidden knowledge about myself. Yeah. And more of just kind of like diving into maybe my own subconscious thoughts or preconceptions about something, um, depending on the the type of divination we're talking about and, and what I'm seeking to answer with that. I personally don't, try to foretell future events <laughs> that's not really my my style um because mm-hmm. i'm like oh, i don't know if it's possible and also even if it is is that a thing i want to know you know and that's a very different like that's a very personal um mm-hmm. question for everyone it's like if you could know the future would you want to know like i think the classic question is like if you knew exactly when and how you were going to die would that knowledge like actually be useful or would it just make you paranoid and ruin your quality of life (laughs) um you know but yeah anyways like my personal use of divination is definitely the more reflective side and just trying to get at kind of that intuitive feeling when you Mm -hmm. I don't know my main method is is tarot of course because I'm sure anyone if they've listened to any other episodes of this podcast, I already know that. Um, and we'll talk about that more in a little bit. But yeah, like my own personal definition of divination, it's it's less the foretelling part and more the discovering hidden knowledge part. And it's almost always focused on um, hidden knowledge about myself, generally. Mm-hmm. But that's just me and my my personal experience of, of divination as someone who comes at this kind of stuff and uh witchcraft in general from the spicy psychology side of things (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah and i think i i definitely do use um divination for um predictive um you know obviously as a an astrologer that's one of the um main ways to use astrology is using transits and casting different types of charts to um give you a broad picture of um, 
you know, what's coming up in the future. It's not uh, precisely predictive where you can say, okay, this is going to happen on this day because of this transit, but it, it gives you more of a, I use it give, to give me more of a feel for what the um, astrological weather, what the temperature is going to be, you know? So I can say, um, maybe look at a natal chart and say, I want to start something and I'm going to look, you know, to the future to see when would be the best time to, you know, pursue that type of action. Yeah. And that's like, I guess we're kind of like just going ahead and like jumping into the astrology part of the conversation. Uh Um, but yeah, I I love astrology and a big part of like its basic premise is that it is intended to be predictive. Um mm-hmm. and so it's kind of funny like people might be asking it's like well then you just said you're not into predicting things like what is your interest in astrology? Um yeah, for me I think it's it's such a beautiful system. There are so many symbols and archetypes and things represented mm-hmm. in astrology. And even if I don't, um, even if I hold a little self-doubt, I suppose, about how concrete those outcomes can be or whatever, um, I'm stumbling over my words a little bit here. I still think it's, a system that's really good for self-reflection. There are so many things Uh that it can point to and ask you to look at. And regardless of whether or not you believe um, that the planets have power over you or are simply a reflection of things happening around you or not, I just don't think it's ever a bad idea to stop and take a moment to think about the way you live your life and whether or not it's in alignment with what you believe to be good and true you know what I mean Uh um so even if you're not using it as like a predictive tool I just think there's so much there that is helpful for like reflection and moving through the world in a mindful way Uh yeah I don't believe that the planets um cause things to happen you know yeah. I feel more it's um but there are some folks who planets. do and that's you know, yes what? and that is fine that there, is yeah fine. there are lots of debates within all of these uh fields yeah speaking <laughs> for me personally I think it's just more of um the whatever you know the different planets have different energies and different archetypes and um I feel like it's more I like to use the weather a lot as an analogy for astrology. You know, if you know that it's going to be rainy tomorrow, if that's the kind of vibe it's going to be, it's probably (laughs) not going to be a good day for a picnic. Yeah. You know, Um, so just kind of use it in that way to kind of gauge the uh, forecast and the temperature. Yeah. Yeah. But there are other ways to use astrology um, and other astrology techniques um, that uh, are more divinatory, like horary astrology is a type of astrology I haven't personally studied. It is on my to-do list because um, I think it is really neat. And the premise of horary astrology 
is having a querent, a person that is asking a question, and the astrologer will cast a chart for the moment that the question is asked. So it's basically like um, a freezing of time of the transit chart, capturing um, that moment in time. And the chart is cast using a house system called Reggio Montanus, which is a mouthful. Yeah, that's um, a lot of consonants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and because I haven't studied it, I can't tell you the exact uh, um, what the exact layout and how how that house system works. But um, you basically just take depending on the question. Like if you're asking a question about love. Um, Venus is going to be your significator in the chart and you're going to look at where is Venus and what aspects does Venus make and um, things of that sort to determine the outcome of the question. So like, you know, if you ask, am I going to get married? That's the question. Um, You're going to look at Venus and see what you know what Venus is doing if it's not looking very well um, <laughs> in that moment then the likelihood of marriage in the in the to the partner that you're currently with is probably not not going to be the outcome so interesting yeah and that yeah. one that that style of astrology is definitely a little bit more straightforward <laughs> uh-huh. you know, it's like asking a very very pointed question looking for a very pointed answer back mm-hmm. so which is fascinating yeah yeah i think it's fascinating it's definitely something i want to uh learn and just to play around with i feel like it's, it would be it would be fun <laughs> yeah it it's definitely would be an interesting like personal uh mm-hmm. experiment <laughs> Yeah, some folks that I um, I have a, a study group that we still meet with um, through the astrology classes that I took, and some of the folks in the group did take horary astrology, um, and I've it, it can we've cast charts for fun just for like um, my daughter lost her school laptop one time oh, to try no. and find the school laptop yep. like where is it most likely to be someone's grandpa lost his wallet um, so you can use it for lost things as well <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting did it work did it tell you where the laptop was um the outcome we the conclusion we came to i believe with the laptop was that it was um it wasn't actually lost but it was sort of in this liminal space and it would likely pop up and it did it wasn't lost my daughter <laughs> said she left it on the school bus when she rode home uh, from school with a friend on the school bus but she didn't actually leave it on the school bus she left school bus <laughs> school bush (laughs) uh she didn't leave it there she left it on her desk in class where she found it monday morning when she went back to school nice (laughs) how does one misplace a laptop they're kind of i don't know i guess they're getting smaller so there's that (laughs) yeah that's yeah it is um, yeah, I need so, to figure out how to cast charts for where is my husband's wallet every time we leave the house. <laughs> I yeah, I use the pendulum for lost things. Me personally, I don't know if you've ever. I uh, um, yeah, my pendulum skills are not not great. Um, which yeah, I don't know. I guess let's go ahead. Is there anything else you want to say about astrology, or should we start talking about pendulums now? I mean, there's lots of things I could probably say about astrology, but I think that's all that comes to mind at the moment. Um, 
as far as astrological divination. I'm sure I'm leaving something out, but yeah, I that'll mean, be for another day. It's a it's a huge topic that spans mm-hmm. thousands of of years. Um, yeah, yeah, astrology has been a practice in in many cultures for a very long time. Uh, and yeah, I guess just a super quick note is like there are lots of different kinds of astrology, and so most mm-hmm. of what. Uh, what we talk about is like Western astrology. There are definitely different systems uh, practiced in like India and Asia in general. Uh, mm-hmm. Very different style, yeah. but it's still based on stars in the sky. That's yeah, <laughs> you know, the big specific, connecting thing. Uh, my specific area, I guess, of astrological practice um, or my background is in Hellenistic astrology um, or ancient astrology, Greek astrology. So. That's, um, yeah, that's where I pull everything from, my knowledge, <laughs> with, of course, a mix of modern as well, Yeah, because we live in modern times, so. Of course, of course. Um, but yeah, pendulums. Pendulums are also, like, a super old style of divination, and if you say pendulum now, we picture very pretty, dangly things on nice chains and stuff Mm -hmm. lauren makes some gorgeous pendulums uh if you are in in search of one we'll be sure and link that up in these show notes but she makes very pretty ones out of seashells and beads and things um but you may also be familiar with the image of just like metal pendulums they're frequently Mm -hmm. like made out of brass and weighted very nicely and evenly or even gemstone pendulums uh pointed points made out of different kinds of crystals and things um wooden pendulums as well wooden pendulums yeah i used to have a few and my dog chewed all of them up every single one of them he's it was it was really unfortunate because they weren't all just like mine i had bought them to sell (laughs) and he ate them all off the chains and i don't know why like there were so many things in the house to chew on he specifically came and got those off of my shelf um and devoured them all so anyways they're like they must have been really special they were like little snack sized sticks. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. They must have smelled really good or something. But yeah. anyways, yeah, so you can have pendulums out of wood. Literally anything that you can like hang off the end of a chain uh, mm-hmm. could be a pendulum. And pendulums yeah. are just part of like a broader category of divination that's called dowsing, which is where you just use any kind of object in your kind of the you're divining based on the direction or motion of the object mm-hmm. essentially yeah <clears throat> yeah my my initial introduction to divination as a child was um, a type of pendulum divination that my mom taught me as a game I don't think um, she wasn't trying to teach me pendulum divination it was just something um, it was she was just trying to teach me a game um, and it was using uh, a string and a ring where you take a, a gold silver or some type of gemstone ring like not a not a plastic toy kid ring it had to be um, a real <laughs> ring on a string and you could take it and determine how many children and of what gender they would be so you have to have a willing participant for the game who lies down on their back and you take the 
string, thread it through the ring, and hang it uh, over the person's stomach. You touch it down, you know, to still it, and then slowly lift it up over their stomach. If it swings back and forth, then that would indicate a male child. If it swings in a circle, then that is female. So you do that, it swings back and forth. First son or first child is going to be a, a male son. Put it back down on the stomach to stop it. Do it again. And <laughs> you repeat the process um, until when you lift it up, it no longer moves. And that's when you know, okay, well, how many children you have and the um, sex of or gender of the, you know, each child. And so. <laughs> It's so funny how I loved that game. <laughs> <laughs> was it was it ever correct? I assume you would get like different answers each time. I mean, I do remember getting the same answers, but it has not came to fruition, and I hope it does not because I think it was three for me um, I don't remember the genders but I do remember it was three and so far we're at one and that's where I stopped so <laughs> I don't know where the other two are coming from but it's not going to be my physical body if I have anything <laughs> to say about it which the state of Tennessee would prefer that I don't but we're not going to get into that oh, gosh yeah tell me about <laughs> it my goodness but on a lighter note, it's funny how many mm -hmm. of those style of like games exist, like things that we we teach children. And my favorite mm -hmm. part is that like it's always some like super Christian like family member who's like, let's play a game, and it's like that mm -hmm. is the witchiest shit I've ever heard of. It is. <laughs> it's so funny to me. Um, it reminds me of another childhood game that is technically kind of like divination i don't know if you remember playing mash as a kid um where you would mm -hmm. start drawing the spiral or something and then when you say stop your friend stops drawing the spiral and like counts the rings and then i forget what all the letters stand for but you like write down people's names and you go around and it's like picking what kind of house you're gonna have and how many children you're gonna have and who you're gonna marry um mm -hmm. and stuff like that Oh, gosh, was, I haven't thought about that in so long. A, there was another version of that in middle school that had the folded paper, you know, where you like. Oh did, yeah, the, the little. Uh, there's there's so many different like cultural names for them. I know, like in grade school, kids would just call them like cootie catchers or whatever. Um, I didn't. But, heard that. Yeah, it's weird. I think that was it's the same um, like folded shape or whatever, but I think maybe a different game. Uh, but it's like a little origami fortune tellers, I guess, what is the mm -hmm. less weird, mildly offensive name uh, <laughs> that yeah. you can call them. <laughs> like you unfold all the triangles and it'll have, you can you can either like write down different names in there if uh, if you have a, a bunch of boys in your class that you have crushes on or something. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, or different jobs or number of children you're going to have, which is awful because there's like eight squares in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. But hey, if you had eight children on purpose, congrats, I'm happy for you. I'm just saying. For me, it would personally be a nightmare to like have somebody predict that I'm gonna have eight children if it, you know, came true. <laughs> That'd be sad. Yeah. <laughs> Barely keeping my two dogs alive. So <laughs> Yeah. 
yeah, exactly. I do good just to kind of keep myself um, in, in order. I don't do well at that. So, <laughs> yeah, minimal number of children is ideal for me personally. Yeah. Like, you don't want to spread out the chaos too much. Um, no, I do find spreading the chaos all by myself. I do not need a, um, I do not need the help of children. Yeah. <laughs> But anyways, I think I think we uh we we lost the train a little bit. We were talking about pendulums and dowsing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yep. pendulum, anything you can hang off a chain, and mm-hmm. your divining answers based on the way it swings. Um, you can do this with pendulum boards are pretty easy to find these days, but they're just uh typically round and will have very simple words so you have like yes no maybe an unknown or probably like or ask again or something like that are the most common Mm -hmm. i think answers you'll see on a pendulum board because like pendulums are very simple you're using them for asking yes or no questions typically um and so Mm -hmm. you'll ask them a series of yes or no questions until you get to the answer that you're looking for um Mm -hmm. but yeah pendulum boards are decorative and pretty and make it easy to like visualize you don't have to have one to use a pendulum i've heard some people talk about it's like you just hold the pendulum over your hand and you ask it to like show you yes and so if it swings Mm -hmm. forward and back or whatever it's like okay cool there's yes and then show you no and if it swings left right there's your no and then you like proceed to ask your questions um Mm -hmm. You can even use just a, a sheet of paper or yeah. whatever you can come up with and, and um, draw your own um, pendulum board as well. Uh, but I think the most important thing that I've found with using a pendulum is the questions. You have to be really specific and concise with the questions because if there's a wiggle room, you might not get the correct answer or you may get like an unknown or an ask again or the pendulum doesn't want to move for you that's at least what I've found yeah um yeah and for me personally like I don't use pendulums a ton um but coming from my personal skeptical background or whatever I mostly use them for kind of like fun questions and answers uh and really like simple not weighty or important (laughs) situations i like Mm -hmm. to use them to figure out what to have for dinner sometimes (laughs) that kind of thing uh yeah i use them sometimes to like find something that i've lost i think i mentioned that earlier before yeah and i think that's a, a fairly like common use of them yeah for me it's usually because, like, one of the – there's also different, like, theories about how all of this kind of stuff works, right? Like, some people think it's just kind of, like, their own higher self or whatever that's directing them. Some folks uh-huh. will, will use it to channel their idea of, like, spirits or, uh-huh. you know, whether that's spirits in, like, the general nebulous sense of spirit everywhere or spirit as in a specific person who is maybe passed or something like that but on the more skeptical side of things there's the idea of like idiomotor movement i believe is what it's called and it's just kind of like very imperceptible to the eye um like subconscious movement in your wrist that will move things back and forth to give you the answer that 
you you already know you want which is why i personally use it for things like what do i mm-hmm. want for dinner it's like because i'm very challenged when it comes to making those kinds of decisions but sometimes it's like you just need your brain your brain knows what whether it wants pizza or nachos and <laughs> mm-hmm. you know this is a fun yeah. way to get to the bottom of that so that's the like super casual yeah. way that i use if, pendulums if spirit or um you know whatever is on the other end of this pendulum that I'm using, they're probably like, when I pick it up, they're probably like, God, what has she lost now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, quite possibly. Because I, I, I use it. I, yeah, I use it for that sometimes. Yeah. I remember uh, the last time I was telling you about using using the pendulum board to find my um, lost flashlight not regular flashlight it's a it's a black light a uv flashlight um and i was asking it you know is it in this room is it in this room and finally it's like telling me that it's in my bedroom so i go up there and i'm like looking around i can't find it anywhere don't know why it would be up there in the first place (laughs) and then i realized that i have a black light i do have a black light in my room and I was asking the pendulum board, where's my black light and not where's my flashlight. So of course that's why I ended up in my bedroom where my black light is. <laughs> so I go back to it and I'm like, where is my UV black light flashlight? Is it in? And then I had to start the process over again. And it, 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 you know, ultimately led me to find the flashlight in the same place that I had already looked three times. But <laughs> It's amazing how that happens. Mm-hmm. It's like losing your phone in the bottom of your purse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I use it for you know just general questions, and um, I use it uh, the pendulum board also sometimes with astrology as well. So if I'm looking at a certain transit and I'm thinking that um, it could mean this certain outcome I will consult the pendulum board as kind of a backup like am I reading this correctly same thing with tarot as well so I'll sometimes use it in conjunction with other methods um, to just kind of confirm that my interpretation is you know kind of on point yeah there you go that's pendulums you can use it to find lost things to figure out what to have for dinner uh yeah communicate with spirit if that's yeah if that's your jam um Mm -hmm. either way they're pretty shiny dangly things usually so they're fun to have Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh let's see but our next type of divination that is super common and of course you have already heard us talk about a lot is tarot Uh yeah and tarot is actually like a very specific type of cardomancy or divination with cards um so yeah the general like tarot is a specific system typically has 78 cards you have your major arcana which is like the fool through the world and then your minor arcana which is where we get like traditional playing cards from you have your four suits uh-huh. um ace through ten and then a jack king jack king yeah, jack yeah. jack through the king um and traditional playing cards and in tarot you get 
page night queen king so yeah and there you go i guess it's kind of the same deal with like any other type of divination uh ask 100 people how it works and you'll get 100 different answers <laughs> um mm-hmm. i personally once again it's like i'm looking for internal like subconscious things to reflect on usually um i also love that tarot is this image based tool and i'm a very visual person so having like illustrated cards Mm -hmm. to inspire me is really useful and handy yeah um and i think that's definitely like i think most of the people who enjoy tarot would probably describe describe themselves as very visual people and then the people who are like i don't really like this (laughs) or like get this and don't enjoy personally using it tend to be people probably more like my husband who are not very visually oriented um Uh yeah so it's fun i like that it's random um or well i mean i i perceive it as random obviously like some people depending Uh on uh what your what your background is and your your belief about how cards function of course may not believe that it's random but for me the randomness is what i enjoy about it because a lot of times the kinds of questions i'm asking are things that i want to know more about and i will frequently say that like a good question to ask the tarot is a question that you could use as a journal prompt on its own even like it just gives you a lot to think about and then by adding the tarot you get this random element and it can help I think like force you outside of the box that you have maybe put yourself in and I think that's one of the really beautiful Uh things about the system and why I personally love it so much um because yeah it's like regardless of especially if you're not trying to use it to predict the future or whatever the the goal here is to think about something differently to like get out of a rut in some way and the cards Uh can be a very fun way to inspire that if that makes Uh sense yeah it just gives you like a different um perspective a way of looking at maybe something um that you wouldn't have come to on your own yeah and you'll find oh sorry go ahead I think that, I think it is random because, you know, the shuffling of the deck and the cards you get do come, you know, sort of at random, regardless of what you believe is um, on the uh, on the other side, maybe communicating yeah. through the tarot if that's something you believe. Um, even still, it's it is kind of a, a random selection. Yeah. And it's funny how, like, sometimes when the cards land, it's, like, sometimes they pop up and, like, an immediate narrative comes to mind. Like, and it'll confirm mm-hmm. something that you had already been thinking, but maybe, I don't know, just wanted to have confirmed or were maybe hesitant to believe, to invest in fully or whatever. And it's just like, yep that's exactly the feeling that I've been experiencing. And then sometimes the images Uh pop up and it's like, whoa, that's not at all what I had considered. And um, Uh that's that random element at work there that can be really inspiring. So sometimes it's, you know, it goes both ways. 
you ever have a card just pop out and you're like, nope, and just put it right back? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's like, not today. I'm not interested. Not today, Satan. That's the devil card. You're like, not today. (laughs) Uh, yeah so like some people will will read what they call jumpers so like when you're shuffling and like you drop a card or something i do um i typically don't just because i enjoy shuffling a lot so like inevitably i drop a card like all the time and if i were to just like stop and read all of those cards i I don't know weird personal preference yeah some people really like that method and, and others don't yeah, it, I do a lot of like uh, reading of the jumper cards. It's my favorite way to get a card. But if it's like, you know, a good, if more than three cards co- jump out at one time, I'm like, no, that's not, that's not what's we're, we're That's not me being clumsy. <laughs> yeah. 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 But if it's like one, if it's two, um, if it's three, then I say, okay, well, these are the cards that I needed to see. Yeah. If I'm not going to pick jumpers, I'm going to tell my deck before I shuffle, like, you know, that I'm going to um, stop when I feel compelled to and pull from the deck or from the top or however. You know, I set my intention, like, outright. um, Nice. Before I start the shuffle. Yeah. And because if you don't, I feel like it can get confusing. Yeah. For the deck and for yourself. Yeah, it's fun. Um, most tarot readers have like their own personal method for the way they shuffle and draw cards and none of them are right or wrong mm-hmm. i i think it's fun and like no. fascinating to see the different ways that people come up with for themselves uh one of the co-hosts for the wildly tarot podcast is fun because she's talked about how like a lot of times when you're new to tarot the like generic advice you'll see scattered around the internet is like oh well shuffle until you feel like you should stop and then begin pulling cards and she's like i have generalized just anxiety it was like if you tell me to shuffle until it feels right i'll shuffle forever until the day i die <laughs> so she came up with a message so she'll like she'll shuffle seven times and then she'll draw the seventh card basically uh-huh. which is which is interesting um and for me, it's like, I don't know, I shuffle until I get bored or am done. And then I will draw the third card every time just because I like the number mm-hmm. three. Um, and I, I I don't know. And I feel like adding that extra, it reminds me, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of like a poker thing, actually. Because whenever you're dealing for poker, you never draw the top card. You discard the first two and then pull the third one to help just like ensure randomness and, and fair play or whatever. And I feel like that's my way of mm-hmm. ensuring my fair play that I'm not trying to like shuffle out the card that I want to see. It's like, because I can't, I can't count mm-hmm. well enough to like keep track of anything other than the top cards, you know. Um, and it also, I think, helps if you have some older decks where it's like, oh, damn it, I've got this deck and I accidentally bent one of these cards when I was shuffling if you're not drawing the top card mm-hmm. then you can't like you know refuse to draw the, the bent card if it happens to be like the ten of swords or something like that it's like a way of making sure that you don't just just a little extra bit of randomness in there mm-hmm. um yeah just making the ritual feel unique to you and your method like i know some people prefer to draw cards from the top and then we'll always pull the card on the bottom of the deck um some people will spread them out in a fan and then just randomly select cards from the fan on the table that way. Uh-huh. Uh, endless options. They're all fun. What do, you, what do you think about the method where you take um, like a certain 
card as a significator, say the the moon, for example, and you go through the deck and you find where the moon is, and you look at the card in front of and behind to give you, uh, you know, the I guess the answer or the uh, whatever you're looking for. I think those kinds of methods are really <laughs> interesting. I see them sometimes on like Instagram or Pinterest, and I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. that's cool. I should try that sometime. And then I never remember. And I just never do. I never do yeah. that. I'm trying to think of like some good examples because it's usually like specific um, types of, of situations where it's like if you have a dilemma about this, then shuffle your deck and then go find whatever card it is. Yeah. And yeah. Like, look at the cards around that. Um, Interestingly, an example um, is what you taught me. Uh, and the only one I really use is if I have a stalker card mm. to do that method with the stalker card, because I was having um, one, I don't know, it was, a, it was a while back and I had asked you like, why do I keep getting this card? And <laughs> that was what you suggested. I don't remember the outcome, like what, what it was, but that is something that I will um, use occasionally if I have a card that keeps popping up and it's like, well, okay, maybe I'm obviously there's something this card's trying to say to me that I'm not getting. So let's try another, you know, method of, um, intuiting that. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Cause it can be super frustrating to like keep drawing the same card over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there are a few different mm-hmm. like good spreads out there for kind of addressing that almost all of them involve like pulling that card out so that you can't draw it again it's like okay i get it it's this this card (laughs) give me some other cards to tell Mm -hmm. me why the heck this one is so important um yeah yeah it's fun um but yeah that's tarot in like the broadest sense and like i was saying tarot is just a form of cardomancy there are so many types of divination that you can do with cards like some of the oldest is straight up just like people do divination with a regular deck of playing cards um i don't understand the system behind that i know that it's out there so if you're interested just google like divination with playing cards yeah it was really popular like appalachian yeah. magic type uh tradition Which makes sense because like playing cards are so affordable and like so easy to find mm-hmm. and also like not um obtrusive in any way nobody's gonna like point at that and be like oh my god you're communing yeah. with the devil uh usually i don't know unless they're like hardcore yeah. also against gambling and, but solitaire yeah solitaire and i don't gambling. Mm-hmm. Um, no, and I don't know that that's necessarily the Appalachian folk match- magic is where that um, came from. That's just where I'm familiar yeah. with it from. So I just want to say that outright. Like I, I, uh, the roots of using playing cards, I'm not sure exactly where that uh, came from. Yeah, like those old folk traditions can be kind of hard to track down sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but general cardomancy, like there's lots of different systems. Oracle is like a super broad, just like unstructured like hey Mm -hmm. doing divination with cards there is no specific system uh you slap anything on it and call it oracle cards uh lenormand is a very specific one that uses like 36 cards and the style of reading is a little bit more uh sentence like etc etc um but yeah they're all fun they are all good ways to open up new ideas in a line of questioning. Um, and tarot is just like a huge community, a huge world, mm-hmm. very popular right now. Uh, I have obviously just 
barely glossed over the surface of of tarot as a concept so keep that in mind but yeah yeah i don't think so i mean i think we pretty much hit all yeah. the high notes for the most part with the with plus the we, we talk about tarot and astrology and... like literally every episode of of our podcast mm-hmm. so we're not going to get super into it right now this is just kind of an overview because you know we'll spend the rest of the history of this podcast talking about tarot and astrology so there will always be something something else to discuss yeah I really like random methods um, or just kind of like your own when people have kind of like their just own uh, divination practices that they've come up with uh, do you have anything like that just uh, something that's <laughs> unique to you that you uh Use for I'm sure I'm not the only one to have done this, but like just for funsies, I do have a cup full of the little tea tags. I think it. I think maybe the brand is like Yogi Teas or something like that, and the little tags on the end have little phrases that are almost like fortune cookies or something like that <laughs> at the end, but a little bit more like just uh, mm-hmm. reflection based or whatever. And so I just have like a cup of those that I've saved from like a few different boxes of tea and will sometimes just randomly draw one for fun. Oh, I like that. I like that. Uh, that reminds me of there's uh and I don't remember the name. It's been a while since I've seen it, but there was a person on TikTok and she used a drawer of Taco Bell sauce packets for divination. <laughs> um, she was making would would make TikTok uh, videos where pe- you know people would ask a question in the comments. She would respond with um, a uh, TikTok or not TikTok a Taco Bell sauce uh, <laughs> packet where she would video herself opening the drawer sticking her hand inside shuffling the packets all around and then grabbing one out and there was their (laughs) their answer that's amazing it worked pretty well for the most part i mean sometimes it would be really odd but (laughs) yeah i've seen some pretty weird things on taco bell sauce packets i'm pretty sure but Mm -hmm. oh my gosh yeah yeah you can literally use anything for uh for that Remember the magic eight ball? Oh, gosh. Yeah. I don't know if I had one, but I definitely have, like, been around some. And they still make them. Uh, My daughter has one. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's fun. That would probably be a fun thing to look into, like, the history of. Something tells me it showed up in the 60s. (laughs) That would be my guess. Just Mm -hmm. seems like very much a a toy of that era. Yeah. But, yeah, kind of like the the top where we were talking about... um, the different types of, of games and things that were uh, actually divination. The um, magic eight ball, for oh, yeah. sure. I mean, straight up, like you ask it a question One and you see like, yes, no, maybe answers. Yeah. Yeah. Then there's the Ouija board. <laughs> yeah. Also, straight up, just a game designed by people who wanted to make some money. Um. <laughs> mm-hmm. I am skeptical, though, still of Ouija the Ouija board. I was never allowed to have one. Um, so, yeah. I've never actually used one. No, I did use one one time. I, <laughs> I think they're very pretty. I was but... a teenager. They are yeah. very pretty. They give me a little bit of the creeps, though. <laughs> Just the stories that I've heard people tell, like, that weren't using them um, respectfully. <laughs> they're just the victim of bad, bad marketing campaign. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely a little skeptical. Um, 
of, of the Ouija board. I don't know why, though, really. It's not much different than a pendulum board. Yeah, no. It's just a, just a thing with letters on it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And a and a device you use to communicate or get answers. Yep. Um let's see. We don't have time to talk about every single kind of divination, obviously. Um but mm-hmm. it does feel important to mention runes. Yes. Also you'll listed as or well not listed, but um You'll hear people refer to them as Elder Futhark runes a lot of times. Uh, And it's an old Norse method of divination. The, its symbols typically etched onto wood or stones. And the symbols are actually a really old alphabet. And so each one is just like an old letter. Um, but yeah, they're associated with like different keywords and things, and so people will do divination with those as well. Sometimes you'll hear people talk about casting them onto a mat, and the mat is marked into different sections, and so where the runes land can tell you about different areas of your life. Um, some folks will also like shake them up in a bag, and you can draw them out just like tarot cards. Um, you can do like a past, present, future spread. And each of the symbols mean different things, obviously, and kind of have a um, wide array of interpretations. While there's like a general word or concept that the symbol might stand for, the the real like depth of reading runes, I feel like, comes not from just like, oh, this means ox, but just like the different ways that people can apply those broad concepts to other philosophies about life and things like that if that makes any sense Uh at all um yeah that's not something i've personally worked with but i do find it fascinating yeah yeah it's definitely like experiencing um a bit of a a bit of a renaissance again kind of like tarot uh becoming super popular Uh and you'll see those symbols around a lot they're showing up in lots of tattoos and things lately um and unfortunately, you can't talk about runes without also mentioning white supremacy. Um, there are plenty of people. Yeah, I was just yeah, about that. Yeah, you have to mention it, uh, which is sad. But yes, unfortunately, context is definitely sure. always important whenever you're seeing runes out in public. Um, there are plenty of kind, wonderful people who read runes and are nice and inclusive but unfortunately like many other symbols um, a few of them have been appropriated by white supremacy groups nazis Nazis. yeah yeah Um, yeah so just something to be aware of um it doesn't mean every time you see a rune that it's being held by a nazi but uh if you're seeing it at a weird rally People are shouting racist things. Uh-huh. That's a Nazi. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, and I will yeah. go ahead and shout yeah. out. There is a website that does a much better job of covering this information. And that website is called heathensagainst.org. You can't find it. We can, or of course we can. Yeah, I'll put this in the show notes. But it's a website called well. Heathens Against Hate. And 
they have some good resources for just like recognizing the difference between like sincere folks practicing um heathenry or like norse or viking pagan practices versus Uh people have appropriated symbols and things and they actually they specifically have like a link at the top in their menu bar under resources called heathen symbols and it will show you some of the most common iconography that has been appropriated and how to recognize it because sometimes a lot of times what they'll do is they'll take a symbol and they'll very slightly modify it um so that it's easier Uh for like other people to recognize um and so that's that is a good thing to go familiarize yourself with if you are interested in working with runes, just so you don't accidentally, you know, communicate the wrong thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely go check that out. Mm-hmm. I don't really want to end on that note because that makes me sad. But runes no. are cool. You know, you just unfortunately have a little extra, extra stuff to watch out for when you're working with those. So we... Um, bef- before we started recording this, we I pulled up um, methods of divination on on Wikipedia. They have an alphabetized list of um, different types of divination, and it is long. So as Natasha was just talking about this, I was uh, I had kind of just was doing a little divination with the page uh, itself by scrolling up and down and just seeing where where it stopped. And when I looked over. Um, the first word that stood out in the list was gastromancy. Oh my gosh. That is divination by guttural (laughs) sounds. I did not know that was a thing, but that is really interesting. Um, something that I want to know more about for sure. Yeah, it's like, what? I don't know I want (laughs) to practice it. This is, yeah, this list is wild. Like, it is so, so long. And so (laughs) you can do divination with literally anything. Uh So right above rune casting is something called rumpology. Uh, (laughs) It says, go see this other thing. This starts. um, Rumpology. I feel like that's reading the movements of rump. Right? Like, uh, is this like. (laughs) Twerkomancy. (laughs) <laughs> oh gosh! Oh, okay. So it says, "Go see somatomancy." Som- okay, a lot of these words are Greek, just so y'all know. And I don't speak mm-hmm. Greek, so I'm I'm apologizing now. I'm just trying to guess at how they're pronounced. Uh, yeah, rumpology is just by buttocks, is what it says. So it's yeah, it's, it's twerkology exactly. Divination with right. butt cheeks. <laughs> Yep. No, and this this is literally just like a list, and it kind of breaks down like (laughs) the word, but it doesn't actually tell you how to do do any of these. But if you just need a good laugh, you could put rumpology and gastrology together, and that would really oh man. I'm just imagining somebody showing up with the flu and being like, "What does this mean?" And I'd be like, "Get out of my house!" Um, (laughs) Oh my gosh. But but yeah, there's there's so much fun stuff. like just off the top of my head, things we didn't talk about today that are also still like uh, common or or well known, or things you've probably seen in pop culture or read about in books or watched in movies or something like that. Like reading tea leaves, for example, is an old one. Mm-hmm. Um, palm reading, palm of reading, course. of course. 
um coin flipping really is a kind of divination that is probably the one i honestly use the most often like literally every day um having trouble making decisions like flip a coin no matter what side the coin lands on when it lands you're gonna know what you actually wanted um (laughs) just fun um Mm -hmm. um bibliomancy so just flipping open a book to a random line uh and and seeing what it says is a another easy fun one um scrying uh, yeah. that's another staring into one. like a reflective surface or a really really dark surface or even like water um yeah water fire, fire. yeah and trying to like see images um mm-hmm. clouds like Smoke cloud gazing yeah. even trying to yeah. like see shapes in mm-hmm. in clouds um oh my gosh there's just so so many this oh my god mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm still scrolling through this list and i just came across phallomancy so am i by swing of the phallus <laughs> so awesome. so you're t- i think some like old greek people were literally swinging dicks around um and calling that a prophecy and i am dead um i just <laughs> i think that's where we have to that stop i'm not going to look at the rest of the list um we're going to stop on on dick swinging prophecies so let us know if you want to uh want us to cover that in the next i yeah episode. i'm like i want to do more yeah. research and also i'm scared to do more research and maybe we should name this episode dick swinging prophecies <laughs> And just let people be really confused <laughs> until they get to the very, very end. Um, wow. I'm going to look that one up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe not image search, but... Um... Yeah, definitely be careful of that. Thank you for that <laughs> reminder. Um, but not... Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um... It doesn't... I guess it doesn't have to be... Over- Okay, I guess it could be any type of uh, phallic type. It says by swing of the phallus. Yeah, I'm getting penises. Yeah. And, okay, I said I wasn't going to look at any more, but I lied. I didn't close the list. There's one more, and this one's not what it sounds like. There's one called Pegomancy. (laughs) But it's uh, divination by fountains. (laughs) So, not pegging. Hmm. But <laughs> you know, divination beside a fountain. It just says or by, by fountain. So I think you, like when it's saying up. that, it like means like you're using fountains for divination. Um. Hmm. But anyways, yeah, I guess I guess. <laughs> I I wonder if that could be related to like um how how people toss coins into fountains and make wishes i wonder if the coin the coin toss itself the landing place of the of the coin or whatever be could be some kind of indication of whether your wish will be granted or or you know speak to the inquiry in some kind of way oh that's fascinating we don't know so you'll have to look it up for yourself (laughs) But yeah, I guess I guess that's the episode. And I think like the long and short of it is divination is such a huge broad category and the ways you can use it are are endless. You can make it as woo woo as uh-huh. you want. Um, but there's 
yeah or mundane. there's room for yeah. skeptics all the way at the other end of the spectrum too um there's no right or wrong way to divine things go forth have fun be nice to people <laughs> that's it that's the whole episode <laughs> <laughs> all right well we did it we came to the end uh you're listening to this it's probably at or around what the fourth of july oh yeah this yeah mm-hmm. so hope everyone is having a great holiday um and enjoying their day off if they have a day off of work yeah <laughs> hope hope you do mm-hmm. um so i guess if you want to connect with us more we now um have a, an instagram under hot air diviners a Substack under hot air diviners as well or you can uh, connect with each of us personally i am lauren at fire moon astrology on instagram tiktok now facebook as well nice yeah we also have an email officially um Uh so if you want to send in any comments or questions or anything like that you can reach both of us at hotairdiviners at gmail.com uh yeah i should definitely add that link to the show notes i didn't last time um (laughs) and yeah that is us and we shall see you next time See you next time. (laughs) Bye-bye.